0: All right, all right, here we are with yet another wonderful podcast from English and Coffee. I'm your wonderful host, Damian, and today we are recording in Boydley Park. Uh, It's a little cold out here. It's about 52 degrees, and you know me, sipping on an iced caramel coffee, just trying to take the chill off, pun intended. But today I figured I would talk about an interesting topic. Not going to go too deep into it, but I mean, who knows where this coffee will go. But we're going to talk about grammar and its importance in your studying. Because I know a lot of people just get fixated on, you know, I need to know if it's present perfect or perfect continuous and all this stuff that just muddies the waters. When you learn to speak, there's no grammar. You just listen and you speak. You go to school, you learn the grammar, right? You have to be able to talk before you worry about grammar. So. I just wanted to take a moment and talk about some materials that I feel would be best suited for those that are wanting to learn English, studying English, already have an advanced level of English, and are kind of caught up in that cycle of, I need more grammar, I need more grammar. Let me just go ahead and tell you, I'm an American, I live here in America, we don't spend half as much time on grammar as people learning the English language. We, we just don't. We're not spending 10 years on grammar before we're trying to have a conversation. It's just, it's just not happening. So I just wanted to make a few recommendations of some materials that I think would be beneficial to the avid reader. So let's take another sip, customary. Oh yeah, nice and cool. And let's begin. So to set things off today, I've positioned myself just so, I'm at the park, like I said, I'm at Boydley Park, but I've positioned myself just so that my back is facing the majority of the people. I'm looking out over a field. This is a small farm looking out over the field, looking out over the crops that are supposed to be there. They're not there. It's just land being prepared, I guess, for the winter. But... I didn't want to be distracted by people walking up saying, ooh, what is he doing, looking into my car, looking in my face like they've never seen a person sitting in the car talking to themselves before. So, to the matter at hand, English. What to read? There are so many articles, so many gurus out there, so many people saying, oh, you need to read this, oh, you need to read that. You read what's interesting to you. Do not get all twisted and contaminated by the ideas of other people saying that you need to read participles first and you need to understand verbs, you need to understand adjectives and all. No, you pick up what's interesting to you. But in my opinion, the best way to learn English grammar is to read English text written in the year 2020 not 1945 not 1917 don't 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 fixate on these books from 1980 written by people that don't even speak english you know people that are that have learned english old school english you want to get the best materials possible so that is going to come from current writers current authors people speaking today this is modern english this is the english we use today Now, it's okay to go back and read an American classic, it's okay to go back and read some Shakespeare, but understand that Shakespeare has been dead long before any of us were born. So anything that he said was relevant at that time, not 2020. Okay. So when you're uh, stuck, you're reading a word or something, some word that you just haven't heard, the reason you probably haven't heard the word is because nobody uses it anymore. You know, we're just like you in your language where you use little acronyms and you shorten words and you cut vowels and sounds and different things when you talk. We have all those little, little shortcuts and things too. Nobody's over here trying to have a 15 minute long conversation to say they want to go to the store. We're going to say, look, I'm getting ready to go to the store. Nothing special about it, right? The main thing that you have to focus on are the articles and the word order. Even if you make a mistake, a native English speaker will understand. This is why it is important to get your feedback, your teaching, your education from native speakers where English is their first primary language. English is their first native language, not their third or fourth language. They may be able to help you with a few things, but if you want to get English you know, at this level, a native level, where you can go anywhere in the States, anywhere outside of the country where people speak English and be understood, then you will read current material, okay? Now, what do I mean by current materials? Now, all textbooks aren't bad, but my thing is you don't need to spend six hours a week studying grammar. I went to high school, right? English was 45 minutes. Okay, that's it. I'm done with the class. I'm going to science. You know, I'm going to math. I'm going to social studies. I'm not just spending my entire time in school in the English book. No, English is everywhere because the math book is in English. The social studies book is in English. The science book is in English. I'm not just sitting there reading about adverbs and gerunds and all nouns and all these things everybody just seems to fixate on when they're learning a foreign language. I'm going to tell you what I did, I've mentioned it before, when I was studying Russian in the very beginning, yeah, the grammar system in Russian is just completely different from anything that we do in English. Fine. They like to use charts. They like to use all these grammar tables. They have about 30 different pronouns. Fine, but I knew the way I learned, I wasn't gonna sit there and try to memorize all of these seven letter spelling rules and all these grammar rules and all that, no. What I said is, I'm gonna cut the grammar off and I'm just gonna listen to native speakers. So naturally, just like a baby, just like a child, I picked up the grammar. So, I can't explain to you why I put words together the way I do in Russian. But when I do, it comes out more natural, because that's how natives learn, just like in English. You know, you told your mom you need to go to the bathroom. Okay, if you said, now if you say words such as, I ain't going to the store, then yeah, you will get corrected, because that is, that's improper. We don't don't use the word ain't. Ain't is one of those words that's, it's a country word, it's an old word, it's just a word like an uneducated word. Now, you may use this word when you're speaking slang or something like that with a friend, when you're just like, whatever, you know, I ain't gonna do it. You know, sometimes it's just for comic relief or it's just to put emphasis on something. Just like you may do in your language, you may pronounce a word a certain way to convey a certain message. But Nobody needs to spend hours, 50 hours, just learning how to create this structure. You listen to it, you pick it up organically, right? It's just it's just in, insane the way people are like, uh, you know, I need to wait until I understand the grammar before I can start to speak. Listen, if you don't start speaking now, the grammar won't matter because you will never be able to talk. Talk, get corrected, course correct, in motion. That's like me never speaking a word of English, reading the word or the book War and Peace, right? Reading the book, the entire book, because somebody who didn't speak English told me how to read this book. I read this book, War and Peace, and then I think I'm going to have a conversation. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because when I read the book, Didn't understand it. Didn't understand that the book was written way before I was born. Didn't understand that this author, this is just the slant he's putting on it. This is his voice. This isn't how everyone talks, right? I'm not coming to you sounding like King James from the 13th century. No, this is English 2020, pretty soon it'll be 2021. So anybody out there on the fence about, I need more grammar. No, you don't need more grammar. Grammar is not the problem. You need to speak, feel the language. Don't sit here and put yourself in a box. Every time you learn a new grammar rule, that's another barrier. That's another thing you can't do. Just like when you're a child, right? Now I know it sounds like I'm coming off on you guys a little, little stern, a little firm with this one, but this is just <laughs> this is coming from. A a, a place of a conversation, a continual conversation, and I just want to drive this message home just in case anyone out there is just perplexed, stuck, talking about they need more grammar. No, grammar is not the issue here. Talk. Open your mouth. Use the vocabulary you know. Get corrected. Speak with natives. Speak with natives. If they don't understand, they'll say, hey, man, I don't understand what you said, or hey, girl, you know, I hear you talking, but I don't really understand what you're saying. Could you be a little more clear? And then when you provide the explanation, do it in English. Don't revert back to your native language, whatever that may be. Do it in English. You know the words, especially if you understand what I'm saying. I know you have no trouble with this. If you are understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth, I don't want to hear you talking about I need to pick up another grammar book or something like that. The books that we should pick up, the books that, that, that I recommend anyone picks up, that can understand this podcast are gonna be books written no later, no later than 2010. No later. You know what I mean? Uh, Just 2010 on up, anything is fine. Now I've pulled up some articles here online on Google, and I will give credit to the author, but I'm going to uh, read off a few uh, lines of text here just so you all can understand what I'm talking about and the differences. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back. Now, this is a text that I found online, just so you all can can understand what I'm talking about. This is somebody trying to break down, I guess, some of this English grammar or something. Now, you tell me how interesting this is to you. If you were to sit down on a Saturday afternoon, and you needed to read English, and you were reading something like this. We use the future continuous to talk about an action in the future that overlaps another, shorter action or time. The action in the future continuous usually starts before and might continue after the second action or time. This is very similar to how we use the past continuous in the past. The verb after when is usually in the present simple. Does that sound interesting? No. I'll read further, just a little more we can use the future continuous to talk about something that will happen if everything happens as we expect this is sometimes called future as a matter of somebody's walking by behind me this is sometimes called future as a matter of course it's usually possible to choose the future simple as well but we often choose the future continuous because then it's clear that we are not making a request or offer so some examples that they laid for that were the government will be making a statement later second example When will you be leaving? This is more polite than, When will you leave? Because it's definitely not a request for you to leave. This is the kind of text that you're sitting there wasting your Saturday afternoons on. A waste of time. Now, what I recommend, if you want to read something that's going to be more beneficial, help you out in the long term, give you English that you could actually use, why not read an article such as, I painted my bedroom a bold color and immediately regretted it. Here's how to learn from my mistake. Now, listen to the difference in this text. Now, in this text, there's grammar, there's a native speaker, English writer. Here it goes. I've long lusted over bedrooms drenched in deep, moody colors. There's just something about a room enveloped in rich color that screams romance. After years of pining, pining or pinning dark walled inspirational images, I decided to just go for it. In fact, I chose a bold, moody green before I even moved into my new apartment. It was the perfect addition to my mood. So naturally, I thought it would also be the perfect shade in my new bedroom. This is somebody telling their experience of when they were painting their room and what they did with it. But it's in a natural flow. It's not all just like a definition, it's not a textbook definition. This is English in use. This is English you could use. You could take some of these statements and use them in your conversation. You could tell your friend, I painted my bedroom the other day. What color did you paint it? It was moody blue, uh, supersonic green, whatever, whatever color you pick, right? But these are sentences. This is how we form sentences. Once I moved into my new apartment, I got to work painting. You could say, once I moved into my new apartment, I got to work playing music. Or I got started playing my music. As soon as I finished the second coat, though, I knew something was amiss knew something was awry, knew something was off, however you want to do it. But all of these sentences are written in context. You can just pick them up, run with them, put your own shade of paint on them, and just not sit here and dwell and don't be worried about if it's present simple or past perfect and all this BS. I'm going to call it BS, even though it's English. I'm going to call it BS because do not fixate on the small stuff. When you're in, in full conversation, when you're having a conversation with somebody, nobody's sitting here saying, hmm, did she say that in a future tense? Or did he say that in the perfect tense? Or should he have used another verb? No. If you convey your message clear, right, form a basic sentence, subject, verb, predicate, simple, right? Don't complicate it. Don't try to be like, oh, I need to make the most elegant sentence and all that. Just speak. Just speak the English right? This is an English class. Now, if you want to be a Harvard professor or something like that, then you're not even listening to this podcast. You're listening to some, some scholar somewhere on the freaking rock side of a rock painting pictures of the moon, right? If you want regular English, everyday English, this is what you listen to. This is what you read. This is why we are here. So, I pulled up another article. Now, this one is from a site called The Muse, Muse.com. you may be able to go up there and find some things that are interesting. But an article they have up here, written by Elizabeth Alterman, how American is that? Five painful but important things to do when you lose your job. There's a lot of people out here, all this COVID stuff hit, this is relevant content, this is something to read. Now, how does Miss Elizabeth express her idea? How could you use this idea? express your ideas, right? When I lost my job in 2014, I naturally slipped into a self-pity funk for a bit. What did I do first? I promptly made an enormous bowl of tiramisu and attempted to soothe my bruised ego with dessert. But as good as it feels to take a well-deserved time out, the quicker you curtail the wallowing and get back to the grind, the better for your career. After realizing I wasn't going to find a new job at the bottom of my truffle bowl or truffle bowl trifle i put my spoon in the sink and got right down to business i found a new job six months later but again was laid off in 2017 amid a restructuring this time i was much better prepared to re-enter the job market the following is a painful but crucial to-do list anyone who's been laid off should follow based on my experience and she goes on into what she did I'm just going to read the headers. Acknowledge your emotions, then move on. Second, tell everyone. Yes, even strangers. Third, get your finances in check and create a budget. Fourth, invest in your personal development. Fifth, prepare your narrative. Right? couple basic things, but this is how we express stuff. Everything's clear. I understand everything, as you should if your language level is at this level that you are able to understand and follow this podcast so you want grammar you want all these different tenses here it is read american text written in this time zone in this frame in this century do not read any of these 1932 books right and then ask a native speaker uh what's what does this word mean that 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 they probably have never even heard of right that nobody was even using when their parents went to school. That's how old some of these words are. Some of these questions that people formulate when reading this text, it's relevant today. Nobody's even pondering that. It's just not even a question that's on the table. It's not even even up for discussion, right? So I know this this one came off a little (laughs) little, uh, strong or whatever, right? But don't sit there. And waste your time, you know, stressing and, and, and anguish, ang- going through anguish and agonizing over grammar in English. Just speak. Open your mouth. Speak. I want to go to the store. I want something to eat. Right? If you can't at this moment make complex sentences, use simple sentences. Just, I need to go. need to go home. Why do you need to go home? I have to use the bathroom. I wanna go home to walk my dog. I wanna go home and watch a movie. I watched a movie yesterday with my friend. Okay, basic sentences. If you can't form a basic sentence, don't worry about the rest of it. Form a basic sentence first. Be able to express your needs. When were you born, right? 1935, 2021, 2011, 1986. Years, numbers, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, right? Count backwards, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, whatever. But don't, don't, don't get caught in that cycle of I need more grammar. It's not grammar. Grammar is not the issue. That's not the reason you're not talking. It's, it's just not the reason you're not talking. It's a little deeper than that. You got to be comfortable with making mistakes. I make mistakes all the time in Russian. I'm not worried about it. I know a little bit of Spanish. I definitely make mistakes there. I remember Japanese, make mistakes there too. We make mistakes, but from our mistakes, we learn and grow. So if you get corrected by a native, not somebody who's just, you know, come across English, you know, in their twenties or whatever, but by a native, they gave you some feedback or you ask them how to say something and they tell you how to say it. Don't come with the explanation. Well, the book says, That's just going to kill the conversation. Nobody's going to respond to that. You're telling me what this old book written in the 1950s is saying about English we use today. The person that wrote the book is dead. You know, it's not even it's not even a question at this point. How is this even relevant? Right. Yeah, it was an interesting book. Read the book. Enjoy the book. But that's 1950s. If we were living in 1950s and I'd say, yeah, that's relevant. Follow that. But the English that I use in this podcast, if you were to just listen to this podcast, right, just listen to it, analyze the sentences, analyze the sentences, look at how I start sentences, look at how I end sentences, look at how I transition to different topics, back and forth, right? That's all you got to do. Watch blogs, right? Watch blogs. People on there talking about tweaking their cars, talk about relationships, girlfriends, boyfriends, how to dress, what to wear, what to eat, cooking dinner, listen to it, right? Listen to it because that's the English we use. There the, the grammar is there. Doesn't matter what what level it's on. The grammar is there. These people can all make sentences that native English speakers understand. So, it's not about being right or wrong. Even in your language people make mistakes. I'm sure you have the upper crust, the middle crust, and the bottom of the bag, right? But everybody's understood. Doesn't matter where they're coming from. So unless you're trying to be a professor, a rocket scientist, a freaking astronaut, just speak English, right? Sort the rest out later. I appreciate you all. (laughs) I appreciate you all. And I'll see you in the next one.